Hello, hello, welcome to our episode. Okay. <laughs> 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 no, I'm conscious. <laughs> okay. A few minutes later. Hi guys, welcome to our today's episode and today I'm here with Bushpak Mundre on his episode. <laughs> this podcast. It's okay, like I think we can keep this like so authentic. We want it to be so authentic actually. Yeah. Yeah. We are not gonna, we are, we are not gonna remove this guy. It's like, you know, this is what goes in when we create content actually. I think it's really important to like, you know, keep this side. Uh, just show them like what we, uh, you know, what Every what it takes to really create content. Yeah. Yeah. It's struggle. <laughs> <laughs> Two hours later. I need to introduce, uh, introduce uh, us mm-hmm. to yourself, Krishna. <laughs> I will introduce you to myself. <laughs> well, this is Pushpak, I know Pushpak's audience. And I will introduce myself to you guys now. Well, hi guys. So, hi guys, I'm Krishna and I'm a content creator myself. And uh, I started this profession out of sheer love for the magic that you, you can create with words, right? And uh, what compelled me to start my career in writing is that I, I've as I recall, I always wanted to read and, you know, like consume as many stories as I could. And uh, I wanted to master the art of adding human emotions to the depth and layers of a story. So hence I started writing and creating content in different formats. Currently I'm vibing with my Ebony cat, Mai, who helps me with a lot of brainstorming. And I'm also creating content for Catalog. So yay. Awesome, awesome. Here. Thank you so much for doing this, Krishna, and yeah, yeah I'm super excited. <laughs> so, uh, I think you kind of mentioned like what led you to writing content and creating. Yeah. Uh, is there anything you want to add to that? Oh, well, there's so much actually. Like, you know, as far as my memory goes, I uh, have been uh, obsessed with consuming stories in any mm-hmm. format uh, like be it uh, you know in radio like uh, you know uh, stories that in the old days like yeah. you know the shows that used to come from a designated hours where mm-hmm. they used to narrate a story be it that or like be it my Hindi textbooks or English textbooks which I used to like read the first mm-hmm. as soon as I bought them to you know read all the stories that were there or like anything that is a newspaper clipping be it any kind of content that is in a form of story mm-hmm. I was drawn into it and I wanted to create the same effect with my writing I wanted to ha- I want to learn since how when you wanted to do that like when you were a kid you were kind of not kid like because as a kid I, I, I never my parents used to tell me a lot like, hey read this like that but I never did it but you were doing this by yourself without telling you know Mm-hmm. Like so, you know that like what can yeah. I it's more know. like uh, not like an ambition or like a passion. It was mm-hmm. more like an attraction towards you know uh, being engaged to something that really s- relates with you, really mm-hmm. you know uh, resonates with you. For me, stories resonate so much. I learn a lot from stories. I get entertained by stories. They keep me, uh, you know, they give me perspectives. Right. They uh, help me think clearer or uh, you know they help me form perspectives or ideas about my own reality mm-hmm. my own rationale yeah. so um, I have as a child I have always been 
drawn to that format of content, which is storytelling. Mm -hmm. And hence, I uh, wanted to learn how to create that same effect with my skills, maybe like the attraction that I got from other authors when I was reading their work. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be on the other side of the table as well. Mm -hmm. And hence, I started creating, you know, writing. And yeah, uh, yeah. I remember the first time I started writing was like, you know, a hate uh, letter to my mom because uh, she did not make my favorite dish and okay. I was in kindergarten and I wrote a letter to my Damn, you were writing from at that time <laughs> Yeah, um, it was a very embarrassing moment but I, <laughs> a very innocent moment I would uh -huh. have to say but it was a letter to my mama mm -hmm. and I was uh, telling him that I'm coming home to a son from Delhi mm -hmm. and uh, I am coming by walk and uh, on, and they better be ready with this bindi, aloo bindi mm -hmm. dish <laughs> when I'm there. So that was like, I would say, as early as my memory goes, the first piece of writing that I did mm -hmm. out of my own will that yeah, wasn't a yeah. homework or that wasn't like, you know, right, right. an assignment mm -hmm. like that, right? And um, since then, I, I I have seen in, you know, like uh, movies mm -hmm. and uh, in pop culture that girls have these diaries, you know, yeah, like yeah. they normalize the fact or like the thing that you know what you can't tell a friend or something like you know you can write in a diary mm. so yeah i mean i started writing diary you know like journals when my parents were in bed like you know they were all passed out and like you know deep in their sleep mm. and that was that's the safest time to you know yeah, like yeah. your diary out with all the dark secrets mm. right so yeah writing started like that with me so uh as you know as you as you said that you are into reading as well mm -hmm. so do you think reading s stories or mm -hmm. you're into books uh, which have like really good stories does that help with content writing and does that help with creating like uh, good stories as well like yeah. yes definitely because uh, when you are learning you learn from imitating right if you remember uh, in our childhood days we had this workbooks with cursive letters mm -hmm. and all that, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, different kind of handwritings. So, you learn how to become a writer, how mm -hmm. to, you know, get that flow when you're writing in through, you know, uh, the story, the thoughts that you've put together on paper. Because yeah. when in your head you have the thing ready, but when you're putting down paper, it may not make sense. It may make sense to you, but mm -hmm. not to the audience, to other POV. So yes, reading good authors, uh, finding a kind of taste in the kind of writing that you like to read yeah. and the kind of writing you want to, writer that you want to be, mm -hmm. it definitely helps when you are taking examples and trying to write like your favorite authors yeah. or the favorite books that you have read. It is a kickstart somewhere and uh, yeah, it has helped me a lot too. Yeah, yeah. For example, um, Tony Morrison's The Bluest Eye is a book that uh, brings uh, you know, uh, a catharsis and rhetorical questions, right? Mm -hmm. And it's a very, I don't want to give spoilers for those who have not read, yeah. so. <laughs> I'm going to ask you a lot of suggestions for book. Because I'm, I, I'm only reading the self-help books and this kind of stuff. I'm so done with them. Oh, you have so much to explain. I'm so excited for you. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, this book, uh, you know, talks uh, about this really uh, chaotic environment, a really painful scenario. Mm -hmm. and she makes us readers ponder through very emotional rhetorical questions that you know uh, what do you say in hindi karun ras 
they are. No idea. And they are, no? <laughs> yeah, kind of resting yeah. sympathy. Oh, yeah. you know, like, mm-hmm. It compels you to put yourself in the shoes of the victim, or yeah. the victim that you're reading in mm-hmm. the story. The story, the narrative may be fictional, but you know, her questions make you ponder so much. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. So you feel like, you know, I, that compelled me, that kind of you know, excited me to, to think how to ask one question and attach to be able to leave multiple gates of, you know, um, POVs to be attached okay. to it. So, yeah, I would say totally. Mm-hmm. So, uh, as you started your writing when you were in kindergarten, and you did this by yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So right now, like we are living in 2020, it's been, I don't know, a lot of, it's been like a couple decades maybe. So, uh, and right now we are living in a time where like content creation is like, uh, I mean, like it's a completely different thing, right? Nobody expected, yeah, it's very monetized. If you are a content creator, it's kind of like you're running your own company, you're an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Like the kind of money you can make, the kind of uh, people you can reach out to, the kind of uh, influence that you can uh, create through content, right? Like, though, uh, you know, you started writing content, creating content by yourself, but right now people are trying to learn, and I think, of course, uh, people can learn this by writing, uh, by uh, learning, right? Yes. So, uh, yeah, we are like living in a completely different situation, uh, time, and we, we, are, we are calling it uh, creator economy, where mm-hmm. every creators are coming up. So, uh, but at the same time, I see a lot of content is out there. So, why should I create content? Like, why should any other other uh, our listeners, our viewers, why should they create content? Like, I, I've been creating content for the last two years, but sometimes this question still comes to me. Like, why should I create content? So, there is no strict rule to why sh- you should create content. It's mm-hmm. up to you. You can definitely just be a content cons- consumer, yeah. and that's absolutely fine. But if you have something uh, that you want to share, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. how important it is. But if you want something that you have to share and you feel like should stay chronologically across time, mm-hmm. you know, that's why you should create content. For example, like if I say, I, I don't mean like, you know, here I want to be clear on my emphasis of content mm-hmm. is on different formats of content, right? Not just being a writer. I am not talking about just writing poetry or like literature books. If you go back the you know cave paintings were a form of content no. right? because they had a story. Mm-hmm. They wanted to tell something, a pass pass some information. What is this information that yeah our ancestors used to hunt? Yeah. They used to like you know be carnivores. They used mm-hmm. to eat you know uh, they used to hunt animals like you know in jungles in herds yeah. or groups. Whatever information we know is because of these content mm-hmm. in a way that they have created. Right. The Mayan calendar is a piece of content. Yeah. Right. And a huge amount of information that they're passing. In fact, our DNA is a piece of content. It wow. holds information mm-hmm. as well as codings. Like, you know, any bug that you have or, or like face in the apps mm-hmm. or any app that you use is a form like, you know, a collection of codes, codings and all that is a collection of instructions, stories right that the machine needs to go through a process so content creation is everything it's not that you know you need to be a video person or a photographer or an artist or a writer you're a content creator Mm -hmm. if you have some sort of information or if you have some sort of story that you think is for greater good and needs to be shared then you need to be a content creator yeah Yeah, that's an amazing perspective to look at (laughs) 
so uh, like recently a lot of people are talking about content disking right like uh, and uh, since pandemic even before that like mm-hmm. social media marketing like you know everyone is doing social media marketing uh because that's where everyone is like like and mm-hmm. whenever and lot of uh, there are a lot of companies which are coming up so like so uh, we at uh, our podcast we focus on uh, creator economy and uh, entrepreneurship as well mm-hmm. so uh, suppose if you are a early stage startup and so how important for early stage startups is creating content is um, and how can they go ahead with that journey as well okay th- uh, think of a startup as a lab or like uh, yeah as a lab mm-hmm. i would say where you are building a product right and all the early founders like or like the people who are work- working in the early stage are scientists now imagine that these scientists mm-hmm. are you know experimenting and they are creating a product but they are not writing it down yeah. right then isn't that a big loss what are you going to do about it how are you going to know right yeah and that piece of content itself right like your hand right your handwriting content of you know how much of like you know uh uh maybe goof ups you made during the process mm-hmm. of like you know going through the experimentations whatever yeah. went wrong mm-hmm. right sometimes that itself is so much information to gauge for people to learn from so i would say from the day you start thinking about your product mm-hmm. about a startup about the name you should start creating content reason one content creation is a tedious project all yeah. right mm-hmm. it it's not just about writing content you have to plan where you need to put your content what mm-hmm. you're going to write how you're going to manage your seo and how you do it really do your content distribution yeah. and by the time you have figured out one content bucket and you have done all the content formats and all the content distribution you're already late late mm-hmm. and not all startups and in fact there's a, it's it is like that that you know in early stages the startups they are like you know everybody is putting their 100% of their time effort yeah, yeah. and it's a low bandwidth environment mm-hmm. right we do not have the luxury of time so you know the earlier the you start the day you start thinking about your company or startup put it down on paper you never know that piece of information will be helpful for the content creator mm-hmm. who's writing about the life page the bio data for your company yeah. right the principles and you know the processes that you have if you put clearly in a comprehensive manner for that would probably help uh, you know uh, the product of the sales people who are going to join mm-hmm. later if not being published yeah. right like yeah. online but it would definitely help in the growth of the company you know employees or the new joiners exactly. of the company by yeah. itself yeah. Yeah. so yes wow that's a really amazing answer i think you covered everything like suppose someone is starting a company even if yeah. they go through what you have just told them i think uh, they will get a lot of idea of what exactly you have done and how to go ahead with that exactly so i have a kind of same question uh, regarding individual creators right like mm-hmm. suppose uh, if you want to start a content like or if someone want one of your uh, viewers they want to start creating content okay but they are not sure what kind of content they should create like mm-hmm. they have multiple interests right uh maybe they are into music maybe they are into uh, uh fitness as well or uh, entrepreneurship so h- how that person should find i i see uh, there are two kinds of creators neither multiple kind of creator but there are creators who have figured out their niche and they just stick to it mm-hmm. and there are some creators who go like by creating multiple forms of content like more like a general general generalist right mm-hmm. so how do we figure that out like 
do I want to uh, create content in a specific niche mm-hmm. or I want to create a very gen- general types of content and yeah how, how can a creator like uh, go, go over this yeah so what you just mentioned as types mm-hmm. is actually how I see is phases okay. because I have been in that phase to where I have done dusted and written everything mm-hmm. from being like a small banner poster of content which is just like probably you know going to be on outdoor holdings uh, mm-hmm. and all yeah, that too. Yeah. Just writing for like, you know, digital media right now. Right. So I have tried everything. I have also written for magazines and mm-hmm. all that. So I have been there where I, uh, you know, took at least good five to six years mm-hmm. to figure out what kind of writing I'm implemented. And uh, what I figured out I'm good at as a content creator, mm-hmm. you need to connect with that passion, deep passion that you have that inspires you and that's where you will do very well. So until you have not found that, like for a moment, I love eating, so I thought that writing for a food magazine would be Mm -hmm. a good idea, Mm -hmm. right, but uh, what happened is I also love Indian culture, so you know like uh, uh, localization and native marketing, going in depth into, uh, you know, native uh, advertising on digital media mm-hmm. uh, to you know uh, lingual level right you know uh, so yeah that is something that excited me come you know like uh, so i mean i feel like that's my niche now and that that happened to me after being that phase of doing everything mm-hmm. and figuring out that i don't want to do this anymore yeah yeah so yeah i mean it, you can it. keep experimenting mm-hmm. and figure out and those people who have found the niche too soon or too late, they have just figured out that what as a hobby or what outside work mm-hmm. also excites them in art, in reading, in consuming content. So the things that you like consuming, you can create the best in those. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah that's an amazing, amazing point. I think, yeah, again, the way you explained it, yeah, I, I got the idea. Uh, yeah, awesome. So. Uh, I wanted to add something actually, mm-hmm. but I kind of messed up. It's all that happens. Yeah. So uh, yeah, what I wanted to uh, add is, uh, I think it you have to give yourself a time if you're not sure about uh, about your niche. Mm-hmm. And like when I started creating content, it's been two years, and I just started it by just making videos. Like I was just talking in front of camera, any random stuff. Mm-hmm. That's how I got started. As I started my podcast out of my hobby, like as I was inviting like random people because I didn't know what exactly I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But uh, after two years, right now I think I've realized I want to focus on uh, founders and creators and builders. So yeah, I think the point which you mentioned, it it will take time. And if people who have already found it, that I think they are lucky or maybe whatever the reason that they found their niche, that's the good thing. But yeah, like you have to, I think, keep experimenting. After that, only you will uh, yes. figure it out. It's not, it, there's no any other way, I guess. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, it's necessary that you go through the journey. Yeah. And it's, uh, it will be very accidental when you find wow. where you yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> So I remember last time we met and we were having this conversation randomly, right? Mm-hmm. That would have been an amazing podcast at that time. The first time I think, yes. the first or second time we met. Yes. So I remember we were talking about like uh, what the uh, creator has responsibilities as well. Like mm-hmm. because 
uh, the kind of content which you create mm-hmm. uh, it could influence millions of people Definitely. right yeah. that's why we call it influencer as well because yes. uh, whatever you're putting it out there there like it could like really influence a lot of people mm-hmm. so what do you think what kind of responsibilities a content creator should take uh, even like especially nowadays which people get easily offended and there's a cancel culture out there so how how do people you know sustain in this and take a responsibility so uh, i mean if you you know i'll give you an example from my real life mm-hmm. and uh, during this hybrid and uh, work from home uh, you know uh, model when uh, you know during the pandemic was working out for all so for this i will give you an example from my real life uh, during the pandemic when we were uh, working from home all our meetings were virtual which used to be like a face to face meeting right and you know the um, tonality sometimes the direction of these meetings changed a lot of things changed why because you know sometimes if sometimes i or the other person forget that the it's not the gadget that's speaking to you mm-hmm. it's not the gadget that's putting you out yeah. it's you versus mm-hmm. the other person yeah. right and that gadget between you and him or them is just a medium right that's it it's, it's just a medium that takes you from here to here mm-hmm. and from here it can go to one person or multiple or from multiple to one person right between these two mirrors or between these two camps it is very respond it is very important to understand that you know like how you will be received and what kind of ideas you are leaving mm-hmm. for the future yeah right you can <clears throat> it's like a legacy right kind of it is a kind it is a legacy i mean you need to be uh, very careful about uh, what kind of image or what kind of story mm-hmm. you want to leave for yourself what kind of story you want to leave for your life behind for the people yeah, yeah. and i understand i have been in the places too where i have been rushed and been like you know misused social media mm-hmm. and uh, may and may not have heard people or have been on the other side as yeah, well yeah. but what from my personal experience i have uh, you know learned is that uh you know, it's it's just an adrenaline rush addictive like drug because it's very short lasting mm-hmm. but it definitely leaves you with a bad feeling mm-hmm. if it's not handled well right. right which we would like to say as a downer mm-hmm. right so yeah it does leave you with a downer if you don't take it responsibly mm-hmm. so it is a drug right it is an addiction it does give you a rush a drug rush and you can have like you know what do you say a good time out of it a bad time out of it but it's not permanent mm-hmm. but that rush is not permanent that moment is not permanent what you leave behind you with those posts with yeah. those comments yeah. with those mm-hmm. pictures what people have seen what they perceive that's permanent and it's okay i mean you don't I don't have to care about what people think about me mm-hmm. but I do also have to care about what this time what my contribution this society is building in future in time and that's why I feel as a content creator we should be responsible yeah right imagine all of a sudden I start um, creating content which is offensive to one wing of people mm-hmm. but is absolutely exciting to other people one wing of people not everybody is going to like me Yeah. Right. I can not care about it. I can be that person, but I will definitely have that in the back of my mind that there is a wing of people who don't like me, and my behavior will be more nonchalant, more aggressive, more defensive. 
Yeah, uh, but don't you think like uh, no matter what you create, no matter what kind of person you are, there will be someone out there who won't like you or what kind of content you're creating, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, it happens with every content creator, right? If you if someone is new to content creation, uh, they suddenly get this, you know, start people start hating them, mm-hmm. they get uh, hate comments, mm-hmm. and uh, so yeah, like uh, I think you can never be. Of course, you like maybe you can be in the middle, but I think there will be people who will get offended or uh, definitely right. Yeah, I mean, uh, you can never. Uh, you know, agree with everybody yeah. and expect everybody to agree with you. Exactly. Right? But as a creator, you're a giver. Mm-hmm. Right? You're giving something. Yeah. As a good giver, as an efficient giver, your role is also to be an efficient receiver. Right? Mm-hmm. There are people who will hate you no matter what. Yeah. There are people who will not know how to, uh, you know, uh, channel their opinion yeah. in a most constructive manner. Mm-hmm. And it's fine. But you as a person, again, what responsibility do you take, right? Yeah, yeah. To react towards it. That's completely your up to you, your mm-hmm. control. If you are not being affected by the fact that you know you have haters, people will people there are people who will no matter what exist yeah. to disagree with you, why does it matter to you then? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's like a coin with two sides. Right, exactly. So, uh, yeah, one of the questions uh, which I want to ask is uh, suppose anyone who wants to start with their content journey and they have like no idea how to get started. Mm-hmm. So, like, and nowadays, like, video form, of, video form of content is like super famous, but that doesn't mean uh, you cannot try it or it's not like, uh, but it depends like person to person, right? So, mm-hmm. like, suppose someone wants to uh, start their journey with content creation, what piece of advice will you give it to them? Um, whatever you're comfortable with in content creation, be it drawing, be it, you know, just recording your voice notes, mm-hmm. or be it writing, get started with it. Whatever means you're comfortable with in creation, mm-hmm. like whatever tool, get started with it. The only blocker is our motivation, or the only blocker is that we started, right? We begin from somewhere. Mm-hmm. And as you begin, you need to be consistent. Yeah. As I was saying that, you know, it does, should not matter what people say, mm-hmm. right? Because you need to receive feedback, criticism as feedback and filter what you need to take away to construct yourself as a writer you want to be or a yeah. creator mm-hmm. you want to be, right? And take that and keep creating and creating and building at it. I mean, there is no other way than practice. Mm-hmm. That will make you better. Yeah. But not just practice, right? Practicing better things. If you, you can't keep practicing the same thing, or else you'll be stagnant. Yeah, yeah. Right? It would Good be mm. you'd rather swim in a sea, in an ocean, than in a pond. Mm. That's the only difference. Yeah, yeah. So for the beginners, like what I did for my experience, my English was horrible. Mm-hmm. Like sentence, sentence construction was pathetic. Mm-hmm. Grammatical errors were in every sentence. Yeah. Why? Because I was from a science background, life mm-hmm. sciences, and I was only used to writing bullet points. Yeah. And I took a jump and I wanted to be a writer. When I learned that, when I saw that, you know, I am horrible at mm-hmm. you know writing, 
Okay, but I I'm not bad at the language, but I'm just horrible at writing. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I wanted to learn, you know, how to master this art, and I joined literature, like mm-hmm. you know, reading. Like I said, like you know, reading and imitating yeah, yeah, yeah. them, yeah. the writers that you want. Mm-hmm. That's how I started. I'm not saying that you should go do like you know a master's in literature or do a course in writing. I found my head start. That was you know like getting into the pool of academics and yeah. you know figuring out from mm-hmm. there. It your head start could be anything. Right, right. But you need to start from somewhere. Mm-hmm. That's all. Yeah, I think the uh, first piece of content which you created which when and you did this willingly when yes, you were like kindergarten, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And. Uh, I think a lot of people get started with content like this by writing journal. Even mm-hmm. I was writing after my tenth standard, I started writing, and nobody told me actually to do that. Mm-hmm. So, but I started by myself. So I think uh, you have to just start it by somewhere. Like uh, you can just start. I think Twitter is a good place to just get started. If you don't want to write a lot, mm-hmm. just tweet something, or uh, you can just make videos just on a phone, random videos. Right? Mm-hmm. There are a lot of options. So yeah. Uh, so I think you have read a lot of books and a lot of amazing books, uh, especially in story reading. Yeah. So yeah, I want like uh, what are your like top three favorite books uh, which you would suggest me and your audience to read? Okay, so top three is very difficult because um, like uh, you go through these phases as a reader, mm-hmm. and um, like you know your top three keep changing based exactly. on the genre. Maybe at the present moment, top three. Yes. Yeah. At present, I mean, I do have some all-time favorites, mm-hmm. too, which really shifted my perspective, like you know, in my formative formative years. Okay. Um. Okay. So, uh, uh, we wish to inform you that tomorrow we will be killed with our families by Philip Kurovich. Is a it's book. the name of the book? Yes, it's the okay. name of the book. So why why it struck me is because this title is also the subject line of a letter that mm-hmm. was written by a pastor in Rwanda during the Hutus and Tutsis genocide that was going through. And uh, mm-hmm. he had written it to uh, the military of the United Nations that were stationed there that uh, we wish to inform you that tomorrow we will be killed with our families. And it was a letter as an application to, for plea. I'm not sure. I think I'm mixing the facts. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it was for the UN military or for the uh, okay. to the president mm-hmm. or the diplomats, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean it was a desperate call, and uh, Philip Gorovich went and visited Rwanda after the uh, genocide took you know calm down, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, he, the description was so unfiltered mm-hmm. and uh, you know uh, with so much of empathy, he went really far to you know uncover as much truth as possible about mm-hmm. the genocide. Obviously, uh, you know, with political restrictions being in the picture and the book won the Pulitzer for the efforts that he had put into it. That book really um, opened my eyes in ways that I saw, imagine you know when you're going to die and you can do nothing about it. Bam. Apart from writing just That's letters. Crazy. Yeah, apart from just writing letters and applications. Imagine. Wow. I mean, here we feel helpless as us being really most related with this mm. when our leave applications get rejected. Yeah. Imagine when you apply or a plead and that gets rejected and there are some 250 people looking up to you mm. and you're going to die with them and you have nothing to do. So that book really wrenched my heart and it took around two to three months to read it because uh, it really, you know, made me stop and think and uh, think a lot. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think it would be my top one. And I read this book in 
I think 2000, uh, uh, I was supposed to read it in 2013, but mm -hmm. I read it in 2015 after I passed out of my master's. This book was supposed to, uh, I mean, it was uh, suggested to us in master's course in English. But uh, yeah, I mean, I read it after college and it was amazing. It was awesome. Amazing. I want to read that. Yes. So the second uh, book, I'll keep it quick, uh, Aaron Drake, Beautiful Chaos. Mm -hmm. A first time I read poetry <coughs> without restrictions of rhythm, rhymes, or structure. I mean, until uh, you read about poetry and like you deconstruct them, you know, uh, it's in a structure, it has like A, B, C, B kind mm -hmm. of syllable thing, and then it has, it, it, it's a sonnet or it's a thing, it's something, right? Like, yes. or, but Anand Drake's poetry, it's like just pauses where the thought needs to pause. And it can be a long sentence as this long, or it could be just two words. Mm -hmm. His poetry has been half a page long, and it has been three words as well, but it has so much depth. So, uh, Robert M. Drake, Robert M. <coughs> sorry. <coughs> so, Robert M. Drake is something mm -hmm. that is my alternate favorite poet. And on number three, I would say uh, Thomas has uh, Science of Lamb. And uh, I'm currently reading the book, and uh, I'm taking my time to read the book because it talks a lot about channelizing your emotions, the darkest, deepest emotions, mm -hmm. and uh, through, uh, you know, crimes, through serial killings, through psychological what? murders. And channelizing your emotions through watching psychological murders? They are, uh, basically, they are talking about I thought about it's a self-help book. I thought it was a self-help Silence of the Lambs? No, no. You said channelizing your... So, was that a name of book? Silence of the Lambs name of books by Thomas Harris. And... Oh, that book is about channelizing emotions. Yeah, it basically, I, I'm not giving spoilers, but okay. it's the whole book is about how serial killers channelize their deepest. Oh, got it. Yes, yes. <laughs> so it's a lot about reflection on yourself. Like, for example, oh, uh -huh. I read this one line that if serial killers are channelizing their agony by killing people, mm -hmm. how are we channelizing our agony? Some people are drinking a lot of coffee. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you ponder, some people are smoking too many cigarettes. So yeah, things like yeah. that. I mean, not saying what is good or bad, but we all have our ways to channelize our agony, our anger, mm -hmm. which could be non. Uh, what do you say? Um, which could be, it could be non harmful. It could not be. It could be harmless. Yeah. Let's say it could be harmless to others. It could look absolutely normal, like you know, but. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, if you go deep in inside your psyche and if you try to see like what is making you do that, right? That is something that would really shake you. Cool. So that's the third book, and uh, yeah, I'm hoping to finish it soon. A lot of thinking to do, and I hope there'll be uh, new top threes. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe next time when we do this. Yes. So uh, yeah, yeah. So, I have a couple of uh, rapid-fire questions for you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, so, what's your favorite food? Indian. Indian. Anything Indian. Uh, Felicity. Bangalore. Why? Oh, freedom. <laughs> freedom. Where do you live now? Why? Where do you live now? I live in Bangalore. <laughs> where did you grow up? Where did I grow up? All yeah. over here. All over here? Yes, yes. 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 Like for real? For real. Damn. Yeah. 
Yeah. What's your favorite breakfast? Favorite breakfast fruits. Mm. Yeah. Cool. What What is your favorite type of music? Favorite type of music, Indian. Bollywood or no no. no. What do you mean by Indian? Indian like uh, Shubha Mukkal and uh, I A R Rahman. Ah. Mm. Music. Awesome. Yeah, cool. genre. <laughs> awesome. Is there anything else you want to talk about, or yeah, anything else? Do you think did we miss something? I think yeah that everybody stay tuned and you need to keep watching more episodes yeah. of this podcast <laughs> because there's so much we have planned and there's so many things coming up. Yeah, yeah. And we had fun creating this definitely. It was so fun. spontaneous. Yeah, it was yeah. like one shot, one day <laughs> kind of thing. So yeah, we thought like we'd do this by like multiple times, like yeah. but yeah, it just came I think really well. Non-scripted. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So thank you so much, Krishna. It was really amazing having you on having you on the podcast. Yeah, we got a lot of insights on content creation. Yeah. I think this podcast personally helped me a lot. Uh, of course, it's gonna help uh, our viewers as well. But uh, as a creator, it helped me a lot, and I've got a, a different perspective about creating content. So thank you so much for that. Pleasure, Ismail. Awesome. All right. Cool.